Hey guys, it's Ruku here with a quick announcement just before the podcast actually starts. You're going to notice that there's no guest in today's episode. That's because my laptop crashed and I lost all the footage with the actual guest. So I didn't want there to be a Friday without the group chat podcast dropping. It's just me and it is still beneficial and I hope you guys can enjoy. Let me not delay any further. The group chat podcast episode four. Enjoy. Welcome to the group chat podcast with your host, Ruku. Let me just introduce the podcast once again. This podcast is here to show that there are no restrictions for young Muslims career wise. And as I've explained in the intro, I am just alone in this podcast. And let me just get straight to it. So for this episode, I felt like it's an opportunity for me to go more into depth about assessment centers and interviews because I went through a lot and I feel like I've got certain tips that people can benefit from. So of course, I know it's not the original episode planned, but I hope it's still beneficial and enjoyable. So an assessment center is normally split into two or three tasks. The two that are always there, trust me, is a group case study and a one-on-one interview. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Now, a group case study is where a lot, a lot, a lot of people struggle. And I remember in my third year, I went to a civil service assessment center and the group case study honestly exposed me. I felt so completely out of my depth because all of these people were so prepared. They were so confident and well-spoken. You know, as soon as they gave my group the task, people were on it straight away. They spoke loudly uh, they spoke first you know timing they were doing you write this you write that so it's clear that they knew what they were doing and I felt so so small it's natural to feel intimidated by people that are more experienced in this group case study assessment center kind of um, stage so definitely it all comes with practice and I'm just going to share some tips about a group case study and hopefully you guys can implement it if you guys have an assessment center coming up so With a group case study, please, please, please make sure you're one of the first to speak. I know you might not be confident or um, a loud speaker, but just make your voice heard from the off. When the paper is given, grab it and say, we need to spend this much time discussing this. We need to spend this much time discussing that. And then we need five minutes to conclude. That's it. You don't even need to say anything productive. Just lay the plan for the group to follow. And honestly, it makes such an impact to the assessors because it shows that you're willing to lead. So once you've set the agenda, let the people discuss, but engage with what they're saying. So if someone's saying something good, say, yep, that's a good idea. If someone's saying something that doesn't sound quite clear, ask them, look, I don't really understand what you're saying here. What does this mean? What does that mean? Honestly, that... It sounds so simple, but if you do those really, really basic things, you're going to pass because they're not expecting someone to come in and be all technical and know exactly what they're doing. No, they just want to see someone that's willing to try, willing to put themselves out there. So those are my tips for a group case study. It's just to be vocal and interactive with your team. When it comes to the one-on-one interview, this is what I found the most nerve-wracking because you have to sit there with someone for 45 minutes or an hour and they have to decide whether they like you or not. And if you get that rejection, it's like, wow, you really, really didn't like me. You spoke to me for about an hour. You assessed my personality and skills and you made it clear it's not for you. So it it is demoralizing when you get rejection from a one-on-one interview. But just know, it just comes with practice. I think like that's the theme of this podcast. 
practice makes perfect because in my Deloitte interview, I mentioned in episode one that I crumbled, I didn't do well, but following from that, I practiced a lot. I had so many video interviews. I just became more comfortable with my approach and I started believing in myself, you know, that yeah, I can work in this place and I'm gonna make it clear to the employer that I believe that I'm good enough. Tips I have for a one-on-one interview is to make it clear, very, very clear that you've researched the company. So dropping things that have happened recently to do with the firm. So if they've launched a new product or they're in the news for whatever kind of reason. So I had an interview with BT Sport and even though it's happened ages ago where they took over Champions League football, I just spoke about that and how oh, it's great, how they're monopolizing the market. You know, it shows, it shows that you're genuinely interested about the firm because you've given up your time of day to read about them. Following from that, make sure you have an opinion about what they're doing. So say what they're doing is good or what they're doing is bad. And when it comes to talking about a firm's core values, just make it so obvious that you're talking about their competencies. If their competencies are teamwork, collaboration, tailor your answers and make sure you mention those words, honestly. Because some of these companies, you know, they're marking you on a tick list. I remember this year I had an interview with Teach First and I saw what the woman was marking me on. She was literally just ticking words that I mentioned. That simple. So don't make yourself flop an interview on simple stuff. Do the basics. So research the firm and mention your research during an interview and then tailor your competencies to the core values and mention them. You know, if you do those two, I feel like honestly, you put yourself in such a good position and inshallah, from then on, you have what it takes to to get the job. For now, let's go to some questions from listeners. And I have to say a huge, huge thank you to the people that have asked questions because I tweeted the link on Thursday and you guys have just asked some amazing questions. Sad to hear your podcast got deleted, man. I can only imagine how frustrating it must have been. With that being said, inshallah, there's khair in it and everything happens for a reason. It may not be that deep, I'm not sure, but I know you work hard to do what you do. So may Allah bless you with something greater. Oh man, I mean, thank you so much. <laughs> it's not a question though. <laughs> Salams and so sorry to hear your audio got destroyed. Technology is never as reliable as it is marketed. But anyway, inshallah, this podcast is even better. Allah does everything for a reason. A friend of mine has applied to so many grad jobs, but has received rejections from all of them. He feels so invaluable and of low self-esteem because of this. What would you say to someone in his position? What would be tips for improvement? What is the main thing to take away from this experience? May Allah bless your podcast and keep your intentions pure. Ameen. First of all, Jazakallah khair for the kind words. And for the brother that is struggling with rejections right now, I want you to give him two pieces of advice. I want you to tell him to believe in the Qadr of Allah. Because we all know with hardship comes ease. I want you to tell him that sincerely because Allah says we will all be tested in this life. And maybe him getting these rejections is his test. My second advice is more of a practical sense is to get him in touch with other people going through the same thing. Maybe even show him this podcast because this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to motivate people going through these struggles, um, is to inspire and to showcase that we can actually get these jobs. What inspired you to start this platform and where do you see it going? Do you think it's been getting good traction? 
what I said in the previous question is exactly why I started this podcast, is to show that there are no restrictions. I say that in every podcast. In terms of getting good traction, honestly, it's been amazing. To think something that I'm recording in my pyjamas and a night robe um, is being listened to by, you know, 500 plus people and actually helping people, you know? What is really, really amazing for me is that people are messaging me saying, this is helping me, even if it's one or two people, that is why I'm going to keep going and forget traction. This honestly is just here to help. When I was going through my struggles, I would have absolutely loved, loved uh, a platform like this. What did you want to be when you were younger? This is a weird one because I actually wanted to be heavily involved with politics. I remember telling all my friends that I was going to be prime minister. I had work experience at the House of Commons where I was working with two MPs, but I just completely fell out of love with it. So another question we have is, were there any struggles you faced as a Muslim when applying to certain roles as city jobs aren't very Muslim based? I've actually got a story about this. I went to an insight day once and I'm not going to mention the firm, but it was a networking event and I spoke to one of the employees there and he was a brother. And by brother, I mean a brother in Islam. Naturally, I felt like he was going to help me answer my questions and I was hoping he would be a reference for when I actually applied. But he was very, very reluctant in giving me good answers to my questions. They were all very generic. When I asked for his email, he actually said no. And he gave me his Twitter instead. I DM'd him on Twitter and he just aired my DM. This ain't a shot at him. Maybe he was busy. But when people say, have you faced prejudice in searching for that job? Um, I think it's more your own people not helping. That, again, is one of the reasons why I've started this podcast, because I feel like we should help our own people, um, especially BAME, because they don't have the facilities, they don't have the resources to know this kind of information. By me getting guests from different companies, I hope I will achieve that. And the last question I'm going to read today is, what do you think are the secrets behind getting to where you've got to now? I have not worked yet. I don't work in the city. I have no core skills. So when someone asks, how have you achieved what you've achieved? I just generally don't feel like I've achieved anything. But if you mean in terms of getting a graduate scheme, an important advice I'd give is to see your friends and family achieving and let that push you as well. In the Quran, it says something about hasad which is destructive jealousy. And that's a very, very bad thing to have. You shouldn't see someone's success and wish they didn't have it and that you had it instead. Instead, what you should have is ghibta, which is an envy free from jealousy, free from any malice. With ghibta, it's like you, you see your friend at Deloitte or EY and you're, you're happy for them, but you wish for yourself to be at the same level. And that is perfectly fine, you know? It's way different to jealousy. It's more pushing you to achieve what you want to achieve. So inshallah, we can implement that kind of mindset. And that's the end of episode four. I just want to say again, a huge apology for my laptop crashing and deleting my files. I still hope you enjoyed this episode. It wasn't the one you asked for, but yeah, I hope it was beneficial and you guys have learned something from it. Like always though, make sure you subscribe to the iTunes, make sure you follow on SoundCloud and make sure you share as much as you can and follow the official Twitter of the podcast. It's at WeRGCPodcast. So yeah, make sure you retweet, make sure you share. Thank you so much again for listening. And yeah, that's it.